Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sine, mm. do you want to live in a small town? Not particularly. Why is that? Um, the bugs? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Significant reason. There's just nothing going on, you know. There's stuff going on at Schitt's Creek. Yeah, because of the people that are there. Uh, I don't okay. think every small town comes with a David. <laughs> okay. If it did, my answer would be different. Would you live in Schitt's Creek? 100%. Okay, great. Best wishes, everybody. This is I Only Like You and Movies. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with Sine. Warmest regards. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, this week, we have, we're going to talk about Shit's Creek. I watched it a little while ago. Sine watched it a bit before me and made me watch Shit's Creek because she said it was the best thing to ever happen. I strapped you to a chair with a gun against your head and said, you must watch this show. That's correct. <laughs> and I'm glad you did. This is up there, Sine, with our love for Paddington, I think. See, this is hard because Schitt's Creek was my, like, lockdown show. Mm. So I don't know if I, like, did I just latch on to it because it was all I had? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. It's actually good. But, like, it's got already got that, like, emotional connection for me. Well, I was, I'm not going to say I was put off by it, but I, it's one of those shows that it's been around for a few years now and people who like it really like it, you know. And so when people tell you to watch something that's really good, there's sometimes part of you is like, oh, do I have to watch another show just because the internet says it's good? And then I'm I watched I'm not the this. internet. No, no, I'm, I just, people in general I'm talking about, like the perception of the show, I know, knew it was around. I was like, oh, do I have time in my life for another TV show? But then when you told me it was good, that was obviously my, my push to actually start watching it. And people go crazy for Shit's Creek, don't they? They do. And with good reason, it turns out. And I should have believed it from the get-go. <laughs> but there was also that, that thing and people were saying, oh, it takes a while to get going. You know, what do you, what do you think of that? Um, I felt that a little bit in season one. Mm. But it's hard because you know how these shows are made and you film a pilot, which is so far removed mm. from the rest of the show essentially and then you get yeah. i don't know a contract for six episodes and so you write a story for six episodes and then you get slowly renewed and renewed and renewed and mm. more episodes and more episodes it's hard to write with a really large or long-term end goal mm-hmm. so i think that was probably the problem but like once you're three episodes into the first season i think you're well and truly in i agree we'll talk a little bit spoiler free for a bit because we know people watch this listen to this podcast without having seen the show and then we'll get into spoilers just talk freely about it but overall Sine this is just a big warm hug of a show isn't it it's really great I was also thinking about watchability Mm. and I think because each episode is so short they're like 20 25 minute episodes 
they're, I don't know, it's just like a nice, fun time. I, I agree. It doesn't take much mental energy to watch the show. No. I'm not saying it's a dumb show or it's for dumb people or anything like that, but it's comforting. And, and there's like elements of cringe humor, especially early on, and especially with Roland, which I think that might put you mm -hmm. off <laughs> if you're not a huge fan of cringe. Like, and like, you know, some shows like The Office have elements of cringe, but become more sitcom y. I think that's the same with Fishkits Creek. There are only a few times as the show goes on that I'm just feeling awkward. And that's especially around sometimes Moira gets a bit much and sometimes Roland is a bit much. Yeah. But overall, you know, the characters become your friends. It's a nice place to, to visit. And you can watch so many at a time. And the characters become better people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the opposite of how sitcoms generally work, isn't it? Yeah. What's the one with the two terms? One's cyclical and one's serial? Is that right? One, yes. they return to the norm, the other one mm. is longer goals. That's right. And it's kind of, I'm not saying the characters completely change from who they are because the reason you watch sitcoms is to, is to watch people. You've become, you know them and, and it's obviously you know what Dave will do in this scenario and that's why it's funny. Mm. But also the idea is that these characters are growing and becoming better people. I think that is really why it has connected with so many audiences around the world mm. i agree i think as well it's the sort of show that i think you've said you can just put on any episode and enjoy it yeah well i think what i said is you can have it playing in the background and then uh, you did not agree with me <laughs> that's not about shit's creek that's just about my opinion about how to watch television personally mm-hmm and I recognise that I'm, I'm right about that. Are you though? <laughs> uh, I think we should get into some spoilers today. What do you think? I'm I'm ready to go. I mean, spoilers yeah. are in the title. If you if you don't want to hear them, okay, don't click yeah. on this. You know? Fair enough. Now, cards on the table. I've also recorded an episode of my other podcast, I Miss You Man, with my friend Dylan, about Shit's Creek because you know you told me to watch Shit's Creek, and I told Dylan to watch Shit's Creek, and then. It's sort of spread, so it's like pay it forward, right? We've got to do yeah. one good deed. We've got to spread the word of Shit's Creek. Exactly, it's gone viral within our community. Then, hey, oh, good. <laughs> and what Dylan was particularly keen to to um, talk about. So I don't know if that podcast is already going to be out or this one is going to be out first. But I'm going to touch on some similar elements. But you know, it's all Shit's Creek, so you know, it's all good. He was particularly excited about David and Patrick's relationship. Mm -hmm. He said it's one of the best he's ever seen on TV. What do you think about Patrick and David? Does he mean best relationships or best example of gay relationship? No, overall relationships, just like, mm. but also the the fact that they were a gay couple and that that's not the huge issue about them. Yeah. That, that's been commented on a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, they are a great couple. I love them so much. I think the thing with me in terms of how that was presented, the explanation that David gives about the wine to explain pansexuality was such like a clear and quick and easy to understand definition. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have thought about that had the show not 
prompted me to. Mm. Does that make sense? I agree. And it's not trying to like beat you over the head with some of these ideas. It's just is, isn't it? Like it's not. No, it's, it's yeah, it's not trying to be politically correct or woke or whatever. It's just this the characters and this is how they are. That's right. It's not preachy. No. Even though it's got good messages, it's not trying to, to teach you how to be, but it's showing you how people can be, which is really great. Mm. Um, I mentioned in my other podcast, and I'll mention it now, um, that Patrick Lenton from Junkie down here in Australia, you know, website, um, he's a quote. He said, I spent the first couple of seasons of Schitt's Creek subconsciously waiting for the hammer to fall. The hammer in this instance being homophobia. Um, and that's something you're always expecting um, in life and in TV for, for gay people. Mm-hmm. But then he said, I waited as the love story progressed for some kind of trope to pop its ugly head in. A Patrick disapproving father, perhaps, or a plot about looking for apartments together where people assume they're just friends or being shot at by a bikey gang, whatever. Mm. But And then obviously there's room for shows to talk about homophobia, but Shits Creek is quite... Um, progressive in the sense of it's not about homophobia it's not about how these people are in their relationship despite what everyone else thinks they just are and they're accepted for it isn't that great it's great i think it's interesting that they're in a small town and these people have very progressive views of things like that (laughs) like i don't know if that's entirely not true to life but like i know what you mean I've, i've thought about that as well a little bit about is it a disservice to not address those issues that would have likely come up in mm. the quote-unquote real world? Um, but I'm, I'm happy with what the show did in, in the sense of it being progressive and showing how people can be mm. is, is perhaps even just as good or if not better than, than having to deal with those scenarios. I don't think the show also doesn't deal with any gay issues at all because um, obviously there's the issues with Patrick's um, former fiance, his parents weren't aware that he was gay, mm. um, and there are some issues between. Like David, obviously, has more experience in the gay community as opposed to Patrick, who is this has to experience it for the first time with with David. Um, having said that, though, the issue isn't that they're a queer couple; it's just part of them, and sometimes the issues are about that. But yes, it's not about. Um, you know, in the documentary on Netflix about the show, uh, Philip Bacardi says that often relationships, gay relationships on screen, are portrayed through a lens of tragedy, but that's mm-hmm. not really what happens here, is it? No. Now, is it true that I am Patrick and you are David? I'm not David. <laughs> I just say things sometimes like David. I'm not as judgmental as David is. Yeah, that's true. Well, who are you then? I don't know. Am I Patrick? You're 100% Patrick. In what way? He's just a regular guy, you know? <laughs> He's the straight man. Ironically, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so you're saying I'm just a regular guy, am I? Just a, just a guy. You're just a, a guy hanging out. You're like the guyiest guy. And <laughs> this doesn't mean you're a, a, the blokeiest bloke, you know? Oh, okay. It's, they're different things. <laughs> Explain your explain your working this. Okay, so a blokiest bloke is like someone who loves footy and beer and Mm. cars and doing like I don't know BMX 
thing. I don't know what blokes do. More more on the very masculine side of yes. being a bloke. Okay. Whereas you you're think of a guy. That's Lonnie. <laughs> and Patrick. Yes. Um, our friend Erica, who you might know from our Emily in Paris episode, she loves Schitt's Creek as well. And she said to me once that she likes Patrick because he, he seems like he's always about to break. He's always on the verge of smiling and, mm. and not really. He's always bemused by everything that's happening, which I think he would be if you're around David and you're in a small town. And this guy just turns up and <laughs> he is so very much himself. Yeah, fair enough, hey. I don't know who I am. Now I'm thinking about who I'd be. I'll take, look, I'll, I'm a little bit David. But I don't Are you think a, a little bit Alexis? <laughs> I wish I was a little bit Alexis. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm Ted. <laughs> I've got a list of characters here we can go through later on, maybe, and talk a bit about them. Speaking of Alexis, I mm. think she's my favourite character in this show. Yeah, she's mine too. Oh, really? That's ex- excellent. Why is she your favourite? Because I think out of all the characters, she undergoes the most emotional change. Mm. I think she starts off the may- maybe the worst of the mm. bunch in mm. terms of how selfish she is. And then she completely like evolves and develops into a new character. I don't know. Maybe she's maybe Dave is my favorite too. They're all my favorite. Okay, I yeah. love them all. It's picking your favorite child, isn't it? It but is. I think with Alexis, I agree with you that her her transformation is quite remarkable, but it's also it's earned. Yeah. Which I think is the best part about it. Mm. You know, she has some trouble early on with Mutt and with um, Ted and doing the wrong thing by both of them, really. But then she actually decides to go back to school and get her. Mm-hmm. diploma then she works on herself going to college and, and getting a career when previously she was just the party girl you had seemingly lots of strange scenarios that she found herself in mm-hmm. which are still funny even throughout the whole show but she's kind of a bit like you know if kim kardashian decided to become a better person by going back to school and stuff like that is kind of how it's seen isn't it really um i think that's doing a disservice to alexis I don't think she's Kim Kardashian level bad. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, that, that's the kind of that's the idea of the show is that mm. they were a, a very famous, rich, out of touch family who became who become better people. Yeah. And so yeah, fair enough. She's not as bad as Kim Kardashian in that sense. But I get but, your point. I get your point. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, that's that's why I like her so much. I think I mentioned this to you, and um, I like shows about people who are trying really hard but don't always get it right. That's why I like Emily in Paris so much. And I think that's why I respond well to this show. Shits Creek, I think, does everything a bit better than Emily in Paris does, but I respond to the same elements of people who are doing their best, they're a bit naive, but in the end they have their heart in the right place. Have you made a pact with Erica to slip in Emily in Paris in every every podcast we record from now until the end of time? I wouldn't say it's a pact with Erica, but hey, if it happens, it happens, doesn't it? Oh, God. Can we talk about Ted? Please. He's so... the nicest man in the world. <laughs> I can't forgive the show for making me fall in love with Alexis and Ted and then having them break up. Yeah, listen, it's the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever seen on TV. 
Were you an emotional wreck after you watched I it? was, yeah. I was were not you, okay. Were you ugly crying? I'm, it was beyond ugly crying. I was like sobbing, gasping <laughs> for breath, not dripping out of my nose. That's not a good thing. Oh. Here's the thing with Ted. He does undergo a very drastic personality change along the lines of Andy Bernard in The Office. Yeah. See, that's interesting. I raised this with Dylan because I thought that's what Dylan said. But obviously, it was you who said that. Me. Yeah. Okay. How, how do you mean? So early on, he's a bit of a different In In character. the first few episodes, he's like really dumb mm. and that does sort of continue but he morphs more into like a sweet like lovable sort of goof but mm. in the beginning he's just a completely different character so he turns back turns up back on that bike it's a bit of a yes here's here's a real ted yes <laughs> which is what I the think... office did with andy bernard they sort mm. of wrote themselves into a hole with all his anger management problems and whatever and then was like oh let's just bring him back as like this preppy acapella singing yeah. annoying guy you know yeah <laughs> and hope the audience doesn't care i guess there in Shits creek there's perhaps a sense of because he got dumped from his fiance and then he went and worked on himself for a bit and he comes back a bit more confident and he has gone through a change that's maybe a little bit justified. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I think the show, I don't know if they thought the Mutt thing was going to work out a bit better than it did or something as, like that. As if you choose Mutt. As if. <laughs> when you've got Ted. I know, right? What's Imagine... Mutt got? A flannelette shirt? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he's got going for him. Got a nice beard, but no, he he has no personality. No, he's almost a void of personality, isn't he? I hate him so much. Uh, so yeah, but it worked out well in the end for Ted, and the will they want they is played very well over a couple of seasons. And I say to you, I love the moment where Ted turns back up at the musical chairs, sing- singles night, yeah. And then you must have known at that moment, so I was happy about it. You were like, what a fool. Come back to me in a week's time when you've watched them break up. Is that what you thought to yourself? I d- no, I was sort of like, oh, sweet angel child. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you be happy in this moment. Uh, Enjoy it for what it is. Okay. Because I want, you, had, you had to ride the wave. If I'd yeah. intervened mm. there, you wouldn't have yeah. experienced it the same yeah. way. True. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, so one element of Ted though, and, and how their relationship ends, mm. mm-hmm. is Ted always been about going to the islands and doing stuff with turtles? No, he hasn't. Okay. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> as like, you know, someone who's a small town vet in middle of nowhere, Canada, I mean, he can always have dreams, I suppose, but it did a bit come out of nowhere, didn't it? Right. Here are my two thoughts, right? On mm. the one hand, it's like he's never mentioned this before as a goal. Mm. Mm. It's popped up kind of last minute, kind of conveniently, just to create some tension mm. in the relationship. Dan Libby wrote this, so I'm hesitant to criticise it because he's perfect mm. in every way. <laughs> but then on the other hand, I was thinking about this, mm. It's possible that Ted developed that goal. I Mm. think sometimes in writing or writing advice, we're told character needs to start the story with a goal, right? And then they're going to Mm. achieve the goal by the end. But that's not really how humans are. 
humans have goals and then they find different goals because they suit them better and this goal over here it doesn't really it's not really in the direction that they want to go mm. they have ideas they change what they want to do and in that sense I think it's actually quite realistic of how people are this opportunity came up to him and he's like you know what that sounds really cool that does sound like what I want to do I've never consciously thought of this before but now mm. that I've been offered it that feels right to me and that's what I want to do that's right. And it's not out of the ordinary for someone to, you know, be interested in, in that sort of field, but then have a couple of years working as a vet in a small town just for the experience. Yeah. It's not out of the ordinary at all. It might have been nice if we knew from the beginning that he loved turtles or something like that, but mm. not exactly the end of the world in that storyline, is it? No, I don't think so. I don't think it was like in the last episode, he's like, oh, my God, I suddenly love turtles. Goodbye. I'm going to Galapagos. <laughs> It, it had a few episodes in a season mm. or two to mm. lay the groundwork. So I think it was okay. But I get what you mean. Yeah, it did sort of feel like it came out of nowhere. And also being around Alexis perhaps brought yeah. his horizons. So yeah. And he had the chance to live on the farm with um, Heather, the older woman. Yeah. And he didn't do that. So, like, yeah, of course there's things going on in your life. Mm. Things can change. Um, I think that Alexis might have some of the, the funniest moments of physical uh, physical comedy. Oh, yeah. So a little Alexis, obviously, the, the song that she does. Brilliant, breathtaking, hilarious. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> also, the the moment where she's trying to break up with Ted early on, but she can't, and she can't get the words it. out. She yeah. just physically can't say the words. <laughs> so good. Um, and she was, I don't think she was really known for being a, a comedic actress before this. She was kind of doing everything she could in um, Hollywood, Eddie Murphy, mm. that is. So to come in and just nail this time and time again um, is really good. And you know the story about her, she, like her house burnt down and she wasn't getting any um, interviews for auditions and then just happened to get an email for this little show called Shits Creek and then that changed her life. Isn't that amazing? Very. So yeah. cool. I think I, I sent this to you and I mentioned to Dylan about been watching some fan edits of Ted and Alexis videos. You know, put the... Oh, you've really gone into... <laughs> 14 year old girl mourning a relationship uh, they are my otp they are otp mm -hmm. <laughs> and there was a comment which i want to say sing to you well, not, <laughs> please please sing it to me <laughs> i don't have to sing it no funny. please <laughs> um this is underneath the, my favorite of the videos it says this is gorgeous i haven't seen a vid that does them justice but yours does listen alexis moves to nyc Dates a few guys, but nothing serious because she's building her boss babe empire. Fair enough, I think. Mm -hmm. Ted opens up a vet clinic in animal shelter in Brooklyn a few years later. He decides to... Why would he move to New York? He decides to stop Sorry. at a new coffee shop on his way to work one morning. He sees a gorgeous blonde in a power suit ordering in front of him, and he says, I think you are the most beautiful girl this town has ever seen. And the two of them... Live happily ever after because I refuse to accept that they aren't endgame. <laughs> I, I agree. I was going to say, I don't know how much to enable you here, but it's 100% not what happened and not what the show is. It's like hinting what happened. It's what happens. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I've got a list of characters. You want to go through them and talk about what we like and dislike? I'd love them? to. Johnny Rose. What do you reckon? Eugene. My man. We spoke recently about people who sort of 
get obsessed with actors and think they can't do any wrong and sort of get obsessed in the stand culture. And here's the thing, when we do it, it's fine. When others do it, not on. <laughs> Eugene Levy can do no wrong in my eyes. What do you reckon? <laughs> He's a great actor. I think one of the first things I saw him in as a kid was watching Serendipity. Oh, is he in that, is he? He's the guy at the store who tries to sell John Cusack all these clothes so that he can get the information about um, trying to get the information about Kate Beckinsale. And mm. he's like, you cross the line, you cross the line. <laughs> anyway, it's a great scene. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. He's, he's great. I think maybe out of all the characters, he has the least, emo- like, the emotional journey isn't as drastic as all the other characters, maybe? I think that's that's fair enough. I think from the very get-go, he's, like, trying to save everybody and save the family. Yeah. Well, they're all, all sort of not so keen on the family to begin with, and they're, they're thrown into the scenario which... None of them wants to be in, but he's trying to make the, the most of it. Um, and I think, yeah, that that doesn't change much throughout the whole season, the whole mm. series, I should say. Um, he's he's a nice, a nice guy as well. He's dependable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good dad, even when he when he's getting things wrong, which he does fairly often. Mm. And he's a good husband. Yeah, he is. To, he's supportive, loving. Yeah, to someone who's not always the nicest person or easiest person to be around, mm. Moira. Um, people have commented on this show that, you know, the first two seasons, it is very much about them trying to get back into their old life, and then the show sort of drops that plot line. And that I think that is fair enough, but I think they accepted they were going to be in Shits Creek for a while, and so they decided to make the most of it, and that's what Johnny does. I don't I think when they say they drop the plot line, I don't think that's like the show forgot or the showrunners forgot. I think that's the point. Hmm. The, it's no longer important to the characters, so they're not considering it anymore. I don't exactly. like it when people criticize something and they're like, oh, why did it do this? Writing and directing can be good and they can know what they're doing. So maybe before you say, this is stupid, why'd they do this? Think about maybe that was done intentionally or for a certain purpose. Yeah, I don't think you, not much happens in a movie or a TV show without lots of thought and consideration. And sometimes yeah. things get missed, but I don't think that plot line was just forgotten about by the, yeah, exactly no. right. So they, it was a conscious choice to, to focus on other things. I think I like Johnny more when he's working in the 
motel. Okay. There was there was a lot of time when he was well. He the first season pretty much he's trying to sell the town mm-hmm. and get back on their feet, and then he spends like a season just hanging out in Bob's garage, which I don't think that was the best use of him to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Even though Bob is pretty funny. Well, we'll get to Bob in a bit. We'll get to Bob in a bit. Oh. <laughs> get to Bob in a bit. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Um, I like him playing off off Stevie especially. Um, yeah, they're good together. Yeah. I especially also like especially when he's dealing with Patrick because he's trying to do the right thing as a father-in-law, but he just is an awkward guy. Yeah. And when they're watching TV, watching the baseball together. Yes. Pizza. Just Johnny. He's a nice guy, but he's just uh, he's very funny. As Makes well. me know what's the show again. Just remembering all these little moments. Yeah, I've got a few of my favourite moments we can talk about in a moment. Uh, but he is like, yeah, as you're saying, he hasn't doesn't change much, but I think that's because he is like the dependable core, the guy who's trying to keep everyone together. Yeah, which is fine. You're allowed to have that character in your show. Exactly. Uh, Moira. Oh, Moira. <laughs> oh, Moira. How is she not your favourite character? I'll be honest with you. She really annoyed me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, why is she speaking like that, <laughs> firstly? Because <laughs> you've got to think about accents, haven't you? Well. And wigs. I don't so. think I think well. <laughs> Interesting you say that. <laughs> when the wig thing, like, first happened, mm. I was like, is is this show for real? Like, what? <laughs> what? Why does she have all these wigs? I do not understand this. Yeah. And there wasn't like, it's not like she was like balding or going grey and was trying to hide it. She just liked wearing wigs. Mm. And I, that's fine, I guess. It was just something that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> and the fact that she names them all, yeah. it's very weird. But she's, I mean, she has some of my favourite moments in the show. The episode where she's trying to film a commercial for the winery <laughs> and she's so drunk and she can't get the lines right. It's perfect. Um, when she's organising the play and everything and she's so, mm. like, conniving to get onto the council board and all that stuff. Mm. I mean, I do say Bebe quite a lot because of her. <laughs> the Bebe is in its chamber. Yeah. I mean, her outfits are just fabulous. Mm-hmm. Everyone. She's just great. She's really, really great. I agree. I wasn't so sure about her to begin with, but I don't know exactly when it turns, but all of a sudden you just love her, don't you? You can't get enough of her. You just sort of embrace her weirdness and you're like, Mm. oh, okay. And we talk about how how great the town is for accepting um, David and Patrick and and all David's eccentricities, but also Moira would be bizarre to people living in a small town like Schitt's Creek. God, yeah. But they kind of like her. They they accept her for who she is. Yeah. Like they do every other character for the most part. Yeah. Um, there are a few characters who, who push back, like Ronnie and Jocelyn. But there is something about accepting people for who they are, no matter how weird they are, and they're just a person. And I think that's what Moira, Moira is. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of some of the stuff that was going on with the play just because I thought it brought out some of her worst elements, but it was still pretty funny. 
Yeah, I don't know if I like agree with the play as sort of a plot point. Well, not agree. Mm. I just don't mm. particularly care for it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was they... more interesting having them interact in the town than yeah throwing a show. I think everyone involved liked the musical, but mm. I don't think that translated into the best of um the show, to be mm. honest. Mm. And it was it's so weird looking back at um Catherine O'Hara in other roles and just as interviews as herself now, isn't it? I know. Every time I think she's going to her mouth, she's going to talk in a weird accent. That's a great episode where she goes to the car dealership oh. and they're not on the same page about what to do. And so she, so I think, I, I think it's, I think, I think it's Johnny who says, and my wife who has a nondescript accent from an yeah. undisclosed location or something like that. And yeah, sort of almost Cockney, but in other ways as well. Yeah, that's pretty. I make it the worst car. I hate that car. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> but as much as she's an outrageous character, there is something about Moira, you know, who's this older woman who's been kicked out of her career and kicked out of the life that, that she once was and she still holds herself with such poise and, and the way she views herself in the world is very different to how others see it. Mm. Something a little bit tragic about that in some ways, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And quite beautiful still. Uh, we haven't mentioned the crowning as well, isn't they? Oh, the crowning. <laughs> Perfection, truly. Uh, a great end of that episode where we actually see her be the character. That's really great. Uh, and it's even better when you think you read some interviews and watch some of the documentaries about the show where um, she mentions that, you know, she's she had a long career. She was a bit, didn't really want to do another TV show. They mm. asked her to do it and one of the reasons why she didn't want to do it was because she's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> she ended up just doing like the, the pitch pilot and then they liked her so much they had to bring her back and she wasn't that keen. But then, you know, just casually makes one of the most memorable and most interesting and best characters on TV ever. It's Catherine O'Hara for you. Yeah. Now, you mentioned David and we've talked a bit about him already. David. Uh... <laughs> Isn't it amazing that he hadn't really acted before, from what I understand, and mm. I think he'd been he'd been presenting on TV and obviously had some background in film and TV well with his dad and with some of his studies, I believe. But then just one day decides to make a, a show, as Dan Levy I'm talking about. Yeah, listen, you can't overlook the fact that this show probably wouldn't have gotten made if he wasn't Eugene Levy's son because mm. Eugene helped write it and produce it and get the word out there and get the backing mm. that they needed, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is a bit of I bought a house and my parents helped me out with the money, so that's how mm. I'm able to get mm. ahead. Mm. But it is actually a good show <laughs> and it is actually well written. So I think it's easier to palette the fact that he's maybe, what am I trying to say, like gotten ahead because of his connections if he's actually done the work and got something to show for it you know he hasn't made just a crappy little b movie mm. with the backing of his dad he's made a really intelligent thought-provoking show absolutely and also it'd be hard to be writing this directing it later on and also being i guess the main the main actor you might say mm. in an ensemble but he kind of carries a show and 
lives and dies on his performance in a lot of ways. And the fact as well that he's just an interesting character, not someone you, you generally see in TV. No. Someone like David. In, in, in this context, Fish Out of Water has been seen, but so much of what David brings to the table as a character is unique and exciting. I love him. I love the representation. I love how judgmental he is. <laughs> he's not the easiest character in some ways, is he? And he's, But obviously they're all going through really tough time in their lives mm. and some of them deal with it better than others. Um, what do you think of David's time at the blouse barn? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> um, I think that was the peak of like when the show was at its best, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firing on all the cylinders. Mm. Also, it's early on when you're making a television show. Maybe not the first, maybe like season two or three. I think you're making the show you want to make. Yeah. As as shows continue on, sometimes they do get a bit fan servicey, and but then sometimes also take some time to get find their feet. So I think that's fair enough points to me. Yeah. Um, We spoke a bit about Patrick as well. one thing I'll say I'd like to comment on that in the documentary on Netflix about these two, um, they talk about how David is quite arch and how he does sort of have his defences up mm-hmm. and then Patrick just comes in and breaks down all those walls just with his little smile. Yeah. Were you an emotional wreck when Patrick saying you're the simply the best? I was not. Here's what <laughs> I have to say about that. Right. <laughs> Why do producers and directors showrunners Mm. have a compulsion Mm. where if they find out that an actor can also sing the rule is they must sing within this show regardless of the context regardless of how (laughs) this fits in anywhere patrick singing that gave me such caroline from vampire diaries singing do you remember that weird episode where she just sings for no reason yeah at the mystic grill why why did that happen (laughs) it's not for any reason (laughs) It's because Patrick loves David. Yeah, but I just, like, why? Why are we having a song? And then it's so cringe when David does the other thing and he just lip syncs. Oh, my God, he doesn't even sing it. He just lip syncs it. It's so cringe. That was one of Dylan's favourite moments of the show. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, see, I just assumed that the whole town, and, and David and Patrick in particular, were big fans of early 1990s um rugby league advertisements down here in Australia because they use that song from Tina Turner. So I, I assumed it was a reference to that. I don't, I don't so, think that's why, but... Um, you don't think they were refer- referencing when Tina Turner was, like, singing and walked around the stadium with with the Broncos up, they won in 93? Do you think that was, that was I part mean, of it? I mean, it's a very niche thing for them to care about. Hmm. But okay. like how you believe that Ted and Alexis end up together long term, you can also believe this. That's fine. You're not hurting anybody. You're just wrong. <laughs> well, we'll see when they, they make the mm. movie follow-up and then they are living in Brooklyn together with the, with the animal shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more characters we can we can go through. I know we've been talking for a while. Stevie, lover. She, t- she started off as my favourite character. Hmm? I feel like they didn't really know what to do with her after they didn't have her get with David after all that. Yeah. She was just kind of hanging around. <laughs> I think that is true, especially weirdly when she decides she's going to leave and then she leaves for like an episode and comes back. Mm-hmm. 
Very weird to me. But I love her. And I, she looks a bit like you. All due respects today, so. Oh, that's fine. She's, like, beautiful, so I'll take that. Okay, that's good. Especially when she, there's a few times where she dresses up in, in you know, not just in the, the regular uh, dressing down like she does at work when she clearly doesn't care much about the job. Mm. Um, especially, like, the moment where um, Amia has just broken up with her. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. What a dick. But Johnny's so happy to have won his award and wants to go celebrate, but he realises that she's not in that space and so he just gives up everything just to look after her. Yeah. There's a really nice, you know, surrogate father, surrogate daughter scenario mm. going on there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Twyla. Twyla. You like Twyla? <laughs> Eugene's daughter, Dan's mm. sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, Twyla. <laughs> Bit of a one-note character early on, but I, She really comes into shade. her own, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her so much. She gets all the clothes from Alexis. Mm, and, and she wears them at the wedding. Yeah, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. The money. She just, she's just won the lottery. <laughs> Did you think it was too much money that she won? No, I think it added to the humour. Well, okay. Of her not knowing what to do with it all. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dylan might have spoke about maybe if she only won like a million dollars, maybe that. Could have made more sense. But didn't she have like 45 million or something? That's why it's funny. I guess so. That's the point, guys. All right. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. She's so wonderful. And she's so nice to um become like best mates with Alexis. I know. Even though Alexis doesn't really give much to the relationship. And she stole her boyfriend as well. It was all that weird yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this shows you what a nice person Tyler is. Uh, Roland and Jocelyn. I uh, hated them so much. I hated them so much. I grew to like them. They're just Mm. so, they got so annoying. They got so on my nerves. Yeah. It's like, go away. Why? What do you want now? Especially when there are several times early on where Roland is just being a dick for the sake of being a dick. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they knew what to do with Roland after a while. No. Um, because they liked him, obviously. He's a funny performer. He's a part of the show. But maybe they exhausted everything they could do with him as being the mayor. And yeah. just having him being a handyman at the hotel wasn't really no. that interesting to I me. feel like the mayor stuff got sort of skipped over a lot. Mm. Like, he, if he was the mayor already, we didn't really see how he operated mm. currently. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn was funny in that she was one of the only people who could call or recognise Moira's bullshit, mm. which I thought that brought in some interesting circumstances. And it was quite funny when she worked at the shop for that day and yes. just rang rings around them. Um, then she had a baby. Don't really see the baby much with her and Roland. I don't, yeah. It could have been better perhaps, but I like them overall, I think. Mm. And Roland does come through eventually. He's sort of like the guy... He'll do the right thing for you, but he'll do it in the worst way possible. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of redeemed himself overall when he said, when he stood up for Johnny in that final meeting when they had, you know, towards yeah. the end of the series. The man's a legend. But, like, he would never tell Johnny to his face that he's a legend. You know? mm. <laughs> That's just one of those masculine things, I guess. Now, some of the minor characters. How much do you love Ronnie? 
Yeah, I love her. She doesn't have any time for anyone's bullshit. <laughs> what about how much she hates Patrick? Yeah, well, I don't like that. Well, she has some reasons, but for the most part, unjustified. That makes it funny to me. Mm. Can we just talk about the only minor character that requires any comment, which is Bob? <laughs> what do you want to say about Bob? Bob runs in to every scene. Just a little light jog. Where's he come from? No one knows. Just <laughs> enters running. And then he just, like, makes Johnny work for him in his garage. Yeah, yeah. And says that they're going to open a business together. And that's yeah. just what's happening. That, the whole thing about the bagels was quite strange to me, wasn't it? <laughs> Listen, Bob wants to make a bagel business, okay? Yeah. He wants weird. to get into bagels. Bob annoyed me in some points, but also um, very funny. I think he said he said the funniest thing in the whole show for me, today. What's that? In the last episode where they're planning what to do with the wedding and Bob's been dumped by Gwen earlier hmm. and he says they should leave a parking spot for Gwen just in case she wants to turn up. It's truly funny, that moment. Hilarious. Out of nowhere. And it just really spoke to me as like, it's not a joke has to be there. No. It's not a joke that's really set up. And it's just something that's funny that you can just see you know, in the writer's room perhaps that they thought that up or even they maybe added it on the day and just just hilarious, you know, just one of those magical moments where, yeah. yeah it all came it. full circle. Yeah, yeah. I've got a list of some of the, my favourite best moments, Sine. You might have okay. some as well that I might prompt you with and then we can wrap up. Hit me. The moment the show really came together for me and I knew I was going to love it and keep watching it and... Early on, I liked it, so I wasn't really in doubt. But when Johnny stands up for the town and for Roland in the season two finale, do you remember this when they're at dinner with their old friends? Oh, yeah, shit yeah. About everything? Mm -hmm. yeah, and that was really the moment I think where Johnny decided that you know what, I can make the best of living in this town with these crazy people, or I could look down on them and do my best to leave. Mm -hmm. And he decided to do the right thing in such a nice moment. His little speech about, you know, these people could not have been more generous with what little they have, etc. It's just so nice and, you know, really tugs on the heartstrings. Mm. And then the family goes back to the barn and has the dance together and you're like, oh, wow, these guys started off not hating each other but not really having much of a family relationship but now they're doing the best with what they've got, which is really mm. nice. I mentioned Ted turning up on the singles day. Um, beautiful, mm -hmm. but also um, Ted being drunk at the party. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> that was good. That was all very sweet, but the best part of that was when they, they're back at home and he's still drunk in bed and he makes a joke about kissing your brother again to Alexis mm. and then she says, ew, and then he says, ew, that's you. He's like being her. Yeah. Pretending to be. And that, again, just a little moment that was so true to life and just seemed just had that sort of chemistry that just works, you know. Hard to describe how, how heartwarming it is, but, yeah, just really worked for me. Mm -hmm. I'll throw one of my favourite moments in there. Please. Patrick's proposal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Little Patrick. His proposal, and he gets David five rings for all mm -hmm. his fingers because he wears lots of rings. Yeah. I love that. He's a great boy, isn't he? so sweet also the wedding the wedding i was a mess for 
<laughs> oh. Yeah, fair enough. And Moira is there in her dress as the Pope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Look, there's not a bad episode, is there? Really? No. And there are some things that you might be that could have done better or they've dropped that plot line completely. But I don't think you can watch this show and not enjoy it and not, not like it. I think, yeah. I think if you don't like it now, you're just being a contrarian. And yeah. I don't have time for you, so. And there's not no hope for you if you don't like it. So yeah. 80 episodes are some of the best TV you ever find. Mm-hmm. Hard agree. I'm guessing it's going to be a five-star rating, Sine. It is for me, five stars, yep. Yeah, me too. Now, if you want to hear me talk more about Shit's Creek and pretty much say what I've already said, there's an episode of about Shit's Creek on my podcast, I Miss You Man. Also, lots of other podcast episodes about all sorts of things on that show. What's your favourite episode today? Um, House Hunters. Okay, fair enough. Mm. Again, not a bad episode of House Hunters ever. Wow. <laughs> what should people do if they like us today, today on this show? What should, what should they do to spread the word? Uh, you can give us a like. You can leave us a review. And you can tell a friend. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Be lovely. Please get in touch and talk about Chits Creek. We could do it all day. We're like Captain America in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.